We want to be having our attention drawn to the book of Acts, early in the book of Acts. In fact, you can't get much earlier in the book of Acts than Acts chapter 1. So I would like to draw your attention to that as we, um, as, a, as a backdrop for our praying here this morning. And if you've been with us for any length of time, you know we often end up in the book of Acts, or we often reference the book of Acts because the early church made much of praying together and gospel advance, but there's a couple of, there's actually a a little phrase that I'd like to call our attention to in Acts chapter 1, but to set the stage for that, uh, you'll know that in Acts chapter 1 we have the ascension of Jesus, and uh, then Acts chapter 1 and verse 12 says, they returned, they then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is, from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. So if you've ever been to Israel, or what's often referred to as the Holy Land, um, you'll know that Mount Olivet, the, Olive, the Mount of Olives, is very close, close to Jerusalem. It's just separated by the Kidron Valley. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, it's, um, for the, uh, it's, it's about a kilometer for those of you who operate with the metric system. For those of you maybe in the U.S., it would be about two-thirds of a mile. It's just a very short journey there from uh, Mount of Olives. There's a hotel on the top of Mount of Olives, which uh, is easy to stay in. It was easy to stay in. I think it's not right now. But anyway, um, so a Sabbath day's journey, verse 13, and when they were Come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both. And then we have a list of names. And the thing that caught my eye here is I was reading this in another translation, and um, um, often there's the way that translations work is they'll often just kind of make this one sentence, but this particular translation made this a list of the people that were in that upper room. So it looked like Maybe somebody was taking notes of who's in the room, and so they put down Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James and Simon and Judas, and they just listed these names. Um, And so having just, uh, Stephen and I, having just come from New York City um, in a meeting last week, and Stephen is the secretary uh, for this board and taking notes. I guess I was in this mindset of taking notes on those who are present. And this is a list of people who are present in this meeting. But then, going to verse 14, says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So here's this list of people that have come back from Mount of Olives. They have seen the Lord ascend. Now they're coming back to this upper room. They have come down off the side of the Mount of Olives, down through the Kidron Valley. You've got the um, uh, the the uh, the Garden of Gethsemane at the bottom there, and then they come back up into Jerusalem. 
But it's very interesting that Luke wants us to know three words in verse 14. These all continued. And at first glance, I read that and I thought, well, that's, uh, you know, that's obvious. Yeah, they continued. They went to prayer. But uh, I want us to consider something from this list of people that were mentioned. There's somebody missing. And it's obvious that they were coming back to a room, the upper room, where they had met with the Lord um, before his crucifixion. Jesus is not there any longer. Jesus has ascended. So I'm wondering if in taking notes and listing the people that were there, they realized there's a chair empty. There's, that's where Jesus sat the last time we gathered here. Um, and maybe they're sensing, again, the hostility of the culture. Uh, it's not too long before Peter and John are detained. There's not too long until Stephen is martyred. Um, it's not too long since Jesus was um, gave his life on the on the cross with a hostile culture. So these all continued. It's almost like we have to separate ourselves from everything that's going on in our culture. We have an urgency. We have an urgency. These all continued with one accord. And so that has just uh, stuck in my head and my heart, those three words. This is a very sober gathering. This is not um, slapstick. I'm not sure that means anything to everybody, but uh, this is not um, a shallow gathering. This is not a lighthearted gathering. Um, These all continued. And we know that from verse 4, they were continuing waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus had been caught away, Jesus had ascended, and he had said in verse 4, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait, wait for the promise of the Father, wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. So they are, these all continued with with the purpose of waiting for the Holy Spirit. And as I read that this morning, I was thinking, hmm, we are waiting also. We're not waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We're waiting for the working of the Holy Spirit. We are continuing together in prayer. These all continued. We're waiting for the working of the Holy Spirit. And um, I read, I was reading, um, there's a commentary in the book of Acts called, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it, the author is, is uh, R. Kent Hughes. And uh, he said this, he said, he gave an illustration of a little boy who asked his grandfather, Grandpa, what is the wind? And the grandpa replied, I cannot explain the wind to you, but I can teach you how to raise the sails. And I thought, this is what we're doing in our praying, and we're raising the sails. The book of Acts shows us how to have the wind of the Holy Spirit in our sails, These all continued. They were hoisting the sails, waiting for the wind of the Holy Spirit to propel them forward. And brothers and sisters, I would just encourage us, continuing in prayer is a good thing. Faithfulness in prayer is a good thing. It's we're waiting for what God is going to do. We are anticipating, they were anticipating the coming of the Holy Spirit. We are 
anticipating in an urgent sober-mindedness um we're anticipating what god is going to do even what great things god is going to do when god moves and and i don't remember what day this is cuz I, I think it's like 417 or 48 I mean, anyway over the 400s that we've been praying god has stirred us to pray he stirred the apostles the disciples there to pray in anticipation of something of monumental importance coming, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And um, they were in preparation mode for what God was going to do. God has stirred our hearts to pray. It is because we haven't fallen off. We have continued because we are in preparation for something that God is going to do. So let me encourage us with this. Uh, Let's be waiting. Waiting is a good thing. Waiting with one accord in prayer and supplication. And on the on the um the end of this challenge to us today is is kind of preventive maintenance. And if you're if you've ever been in leadership or pastoral leadership, you know um and this is this is uh more this is not exactly housekeeping, this is maybe preventive maintenance. So um if the if you th- the time to address difficulties in a gathering is not during the difficulties often. It's in advance of the difficulties. So um, I want to encourage us in this moment that here's a list of strong-willed men, and yet often in the book of Acts, one accord unity is mentioned. So they were there, they're waiting on the Holy Spirit, they're continuing in prayer. Obviously, they were agreed. Even if they had many disagreements among among them, they were unified in their heart about the prime thing, and that is the working of the Holy Spirit and gospel advance. So they were committed to prayer. And I'm just going to challenge us with this because we don't know of, at least I don't know of, any, any disunity in our group. But we have often commented that Satan would love to sow seeds of discord in our group. May it be that we keep our, our, our heads down in urgent expectation of the Lord, knowing that there may be things that we disagree on, but we agree on the advance of the gospel. We agree on the necessity of prayer. And um, so there is deep, unanimous agreement in this list of people, and then the Lord, the Lord honors that, and He honors unity. He honors continuing in prayer. Um, this is a they were almost engrossed in prayer to the exclusion of everything else. And as I mentioned earlier, they were actually praying. Okay, they were they were separating everything else and actually praying. So let's practice urgent and expectant prayer. We learn how to pursue the Lord together. We enjoy each other. We're vulnerable to each other. We struggle with each other, or we struggle together, one with things that we pray for. But this is urgent and expectant prayer.